Masechet Yevamot Daf Lamed Chet. We're at Lamed Zayin Amud Bet. Well, we're in the middle of talking about a series of cases regarding inheritance law, uh, when we have someone who uh, is a safek and we're not sure who the father is. So one of the cases we saw earlier, and we're going to have now a variation of this case, uh, is where Reuven is married to Miriam and he dies, and Miriam then uh, goes and does yibum. Shimon does does yibum with Miriam, but does not wait the requisite three months. And turns out Midyam is pregnant, has a child, and we are not sure if this child is from Reuven or from Shimon. Okay, at this point, uh, we have to, uh, uh, Shimon also dies before Reuven's estate is divvied up. And so now there's a claim between Mr. Sefek and the children of Shimon, uh, where Mr. Sefek says, it's all mine because uh, my father is Reuven. Uh, whereas the children say, no, no, you are one of our brothers. And so therefore, Reuven's estate goes to Shimon, and uh, then these uh, three will divide it equally. And then in that case, Mr. Sefek gets only a third. And so uh, we saw in that case that the verdict is, Yachloku, they would split it. Uh, Mr. Sefek would get half. And the other half uh, is split among the, brother, the sons of Shimon. Okay, good. That was a case we saw already. Now we're going to introduce a case where uh, Reuven died and, the, and they did the split already. Um, and then Shimon dies. After Shimon dies, now Mr. Sefek wants to reclaim some of what he had. And he said, listen, guys, you owe me something no matter what. Either I am this child of Reuven, and therefore you should give me back that half uh, that was taken, or if I am your brothers, then I should receive one-third of the total of uh, Shimon's own property plus the half that Uven gave. So either way, you have to give me more uh, than than simply a, th- a third of uh, of what uh, more than uh, what I had before. And uh, the the Shimon uh, sons say, well, no, you prove that right now uh, Reuven's out of the picture. That verdict was finished already, right? That's done. And that money went to our father Shimon. You got your share, okay? So that case is closed. And right now, uh, Shimon, our father died. He's definitely our father. We're going to split him uh, evenly. And you, you come prove that you are a child of Shimon if you want any more money, right? We are not get, You are not getting a dollar more uh, at this point. And so that is the machloket. So let's see the case inside. Right, Mr. Safek and the children of the Yavam come to split the, the Yavam's property, and this is after they already finished the verdict, case closed, of the, uh, that the um, deceased brother's uh, estate was already split between the two. Here's the two claims. The children of Yavam says, we are for sure the children of the Yavam. You are a Safek. So, you can prove that you're a seven-month-old baby from uh, our father, and then you can take uh, a third of the total. Otherwise, you get nothing, meaning you get nothing, because there's no nobody can prove this. Whereas Mr. Safek says, well, either way, you have to pay me something. Either I am your brother, and then therefore give me a third of the entire uh, state of uh, Shimon, 
which includes the half that he received from Reuven, or if otherwise I am, my, my father is the deceased original brother Reuven, and therefore give me back the half that was originally taken. And so this seems to be a good claim. Uh, so what are we going to do about this? We have a machloket amoraim. Rabbi Abba 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 Amar Rav Kam Dina. Rabbi Yirmiya Amar Hadar Dina. So Rabbi Abba says that the verdict stands, the original verdict that split the Reuven's property into two stands, and that's finished. Case closed. You can't reopen that case. And now uh, it's the Bnei Yavam who have the upper hand, uh, right? So now this is all in the in the hands of Shimon. I don't don't give me that past history. You already got your half from that case, and so now prove that you are our brother. You can't prove it, so you get zero. Uh, that is Rabbi Abba's opinion. Rabbi Yemayas, however, says, no, we can reconsider the original verdict, right? Now that the circumstances have changed, let's reevaluate and open up that case again and say, oh, you know what? It was made sense when uh, when the Shimon was alive that he should get half and Ruben get half, but now that he died um, and there's a possibility of Mr. Safik receiving that money anyway through Shimon as one of the as one of his uh, possible sons or through Reuven his possible father so now he should get more and yes we do reopen the case okay very interesting so now the Gemara is going to try to uh, argue that the, this Machloket Amoraim is parallel to a Machloket Tanaim uh, that's found in the Mishnah in Ketuvot. This is not about Yibum, the following case, about something completely different, about fields. You have a person who owns a field. This field is surrounded by other fields on all sides. He goes away uh, for some time. By the time he comes back, his, the path to his field is gone, right? There, he originally had a path from the main street, from the Shutarabim, to get to his field because it's surrounded. So he has a right, he, he owned a right uh, to uh, walk through other people's, someone else's field in order to get to his. And so because he has that right, he keeps it. But now it's all overgrown by the time he comes back and he doesn't know where it is. So what is the law? He can come and say, the landowner in the middle can come and say, listen, I had, I had a right. I don't know exactly where it is, but you, the owner of the outside field, you have to give me something. So I'll take the shortest path, right? I, I'll, the least possible. Uh, you owe me and you have to give it to me. Chachamim say, no, the outside owner, we're going to see in a second that Chachamim um, would be specifically talking about when there's multiple owners all around. Everybody would agree if there's just one owner, the outside um, is, is encircled by, uh, are all owned by one person, then yeah, he would have to give him a, a, a path because, you know, there was a path here, so give me a path. Um, but um, if there's multiple owners, right, then each one can say, well, the path maybe was not through my property, go ask the other guy. And the other guy says, no, it wasn't through my property, go ask the other one. And so therefore, each one can say, uh, listen, if you want to buy a new path for a hundred dinar, exorbitant price, then do so. Otherwise, go fly in the air, fly over and get, get to your field in the middle. Not my problem, right? I don't have to give up my land for you. You can't prove that it was from my land. Uh, you don't know where it is. Okay, so now this is a machloket. We have to analyze exactly which case they're talking about uh, because if it's all one owner, it would make sense 
that uh, the, the, the guy in the middle does have a right. If it's multiple owners, then it makes sense that the guy in the middle has no right. And so in which case are they actually arguing about? So and we discussed this. Rabbanan Shapir Admon. Question to Rabbanan. Admon seems to make sense, right? Give him a field. He had give him a path. He had a path here. You owe him a path, so you have to give him something. And I've already explained there that uh, according to Rabbanan, when do you say that you have no right? when there's four different owners of the fields surrounding him. It doesn't have to be four, it could be two, it could be ten. The point is that there's four directions, so we make it easy. And so that's when, that's when Rabbanan are saying that uh, you had, the middle guy has no right against any one of these uh, fields um, owned by four people. Okay, if that's the case, that they're talking about uh, different owners, then why would Admon say you have an automatic right? Who should give up their right? Why should they do that? So we're going to further limit and explain. If it's talking about four owners who originally bought it from four owners, then for sure, and also if it's four owners that all bought it from one person, also, for sure, everyone would agree, uh, there's no argument, that the uh, uh, surrounding owners can deflect the guy in the middle and say, we are four different people and uh, you have no uh, right, you can't, you can't prove that it's my field, and so then he has to go and pay for a new path. So everyone agrees regarding that. What is the one case that they do argue about? Where originally, when they had that path, um, there were four different owners. In the meantime, one person bought all of the surrounding fields. And so now, since they're all owned by one person, this is the question. Admon says, listen, I don't know which of the which uh, direction the original path was, but either way, you own all of the surrounding fields, and therefore, you definitely owe me something, right? doesn't matter where it was, so you have to give it to me right now. In other words, according to Admon, we do take into account the new situation, even though in the original situation there were four different owners and the middle guy had no claim. Now we reopen the case, right? We reopen the verdict and uh, and say, well, we're going to judge it as it is now, and right now it's one owner. Uh, so that would be Admon that says we take into account the new situation. According to Rabbanan, the, the owner of the surrounding properties can say, listen, if you are be, be quiet and don't make a claim, then I recommend that you just be quiet and don't make a claim, and we'll, we'll settle on a fair price that I will sell you a new uh, path. Uh, because I have leverage against you, right? Don't don't make this claim. My leverage is that if you don't agree to a fair price, then you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to return these uh, the fields to their previous owners. I'll cancel those uh, those the, the, what, what I bought. Give it back to the original owners, and then you will have zero. Uh, in other words, Rabbanan are saying that 
the original situation sticks. And even though there's a new situation now, uh, the middle, the owner in the middle can always say, okay, yeah, it changed in the middle and I happen to buy them. But your original path only went through one of four fields owned by different, different owners. And therefore, I can always go back to that situation and give you zero. So you see that according to the banan, we see, we can he can claim to stick to the original uh, uh, original situation. Whereas according to Admon, you take into account the new situation uh, that that has changed. All right. So now that we conceptualize it that way, now the Gemara is going to propose Admon. Oh, so now we can say that Rabbi Abba, he's the one that says the original verdict stands, and therefore, in the case of the Bnei Yavam, they can say, "Listen, Reuven's field was split already, and right now it's in my father, it's our father's hands, and he's definitely our father, and you have no claim. We only judge a thing." as it is right now um and we and uh well a little different we only we we judge the claim taking into account everything that happened before and you cannot reopen that case uh so therefore because you already we already had that verdict and we agreed to that split that remains and uh now you have nothing that would be the same as rabbanan who say that the the person who owns everything on the outside says you already lost your claim to a path because it was owned by four different people and even though now it's owned by one person it doesn't matter we don't reopen that claim we only judge it as it already was and so Rabbi Abba is similar to Rabbanan on the other hand Rabbi Irmiya is similar to can be following Admon Rabbi Irmiya says no we reassess now and forget the original uh, the original verdict it's true the original verdict they split it but now we're looking at it again from this perspective that Shimon is dead and we say look either way you have a claim just like Admon says here that the uh, person in the middle says yes yeah, true if there was when when there were four different owners I had no claim but now there's one so now we reopen the case and judge it again and so both Rebirmiya and Admon say we um, we can re reject the original situation and look at the situation as it is now. Uh, so this is kind of brilliant to compare these two very different cases um, and uh, show that they are based on the same principle. But as brilliant as it is, we are now going to reverse that and say not necessarily so. We'd rather not have to pin it, pigeonhole each Amora to one Tana. Every Amora wants to be, if possible, uh, be able to follow um, any of the Tanaim. So Amalach Rabbi Abba, Rabbi Abba can reject this uh, uh, this label and say, no, Ana Afilu Admon. Really, I can I can say my opinion even according to Admon. Adkan Admon Hatam Elamishum Had Gabahu. Admon over there in the case of the field, he said what uh, he, he he says it in that case because the guy in the middle 
can have a claim listen you own all of them and therefore no matter what i have a i have a path uh in the middle in in one of your fields so you have to give it to me but in the case of the yibum can he say such a thing in the case of yibum see it's not actually a certainty uh that he's coming with but rather two uncertainties maybe i am I coming I, I can inherit from Ruben. maybe i can inherit from shimon and therefore these two certainties two uncertainties uh don't add up to the strength of a certainty that you now own all of the fields and uh, therefore you have to give me something that was Rashi's explanation Rashi, it's a little hard to figure out what exactly is the difference between uh, the two cases other Rishonim uh, explain I think in a, a clearer way that in uh, Admon's case Admon is saying listen the middle guy can say I never dealt with the four uh, owners that w- originally uh, we never had a verdict that I don't have a claim on their fields I just didn't deal with it but now I'm dealing with you you are the current owner so it's not like I'm open reopening up a pre- Previous verdict whereas in the case of the Yibum in that case the land was already split right they already uh, you know w- went to court and decided and split the land between the um, the children of the y- of the Yavam uh, and, uh, and and Mr. Safik and therefore there you could say case is closed so even Admon may very well agree that you don't open reopen another uh, the previous verdict um, uh, he only says his law when you can say, I'm dealing now just with you, and I don't care uh, what happened in the past. Okay. Also can say, I agree with everyone. Rabbanan say, I, I, yeah, in the case of the field, that's where the a person and the, the people, the person outside owns outside fields can say, listen, I recommend that you be quiet. Um, and uh, just agreed to whatever, you know, a fair price. Otherwise, uh, I can go back to the, um, I can give it back to the original owners, right? I can sell it back or cancel these sales and, um, you know, maybe uh, cancel the sales because, uh, you know, you didn't t- tell me when you sold it to me that there was a path here. And so I can go back to the original uh, situation, but you cannot say that or in the Yibum case, you can't un- undo a death, right? And uh, the, it was already divided, right? This, this inheritance was already divided. You can't go put it back uh, in, into the estate of the deceased, right? It doesn't, that does not work. Uh, there's no one, there's no one to deal with. Uh, and so therefore, Bimiya says, I could agree also with Rabbanan, and therefore this distinction, although it is, it is a, a nice uh, um, and um, uh, interesting distinction to compare these two Mahalokot, they are not necessarily parallel each with the other. We now continue with a few more cases that are less complicated. Sefek v'yavam shebao lachlok saba. The grandfather in this case died, and so as before, where we had originally Reuven married to Miriam, and he dies, and Shimon uh, jumps the gun and takes Miriam after a couple of months, and we don't know if this Mr. Sefek is the child of Reuven or the child of Shimon. The grandfather here was uh, the grandfather of Mr. Safek had been alive and now he died. And the question, who will inherit him? It will be his son, uh, Shimon, 
Uh, well, the Shimon and Reuven would split it, but then the question is, where does Mr. Sefek fall in? If he's the child of Reuven, then he gets half. If he's the child of Shimon, he gets zero, because Shimon's alive. So Shimon gets everything um, at that point. Uh, so let's see. Sefek, Amal, Hai Gavra, Bar Mitnahu. Mr. Sefek says, that person, meaning himself, I am the son of the deceased uh, brother, Reuven, and therefore I get half of the inheritance. Yavam Amal, At Berai Didi, At Velet, the Yavam says, no, you are my son uh, from seven-month uh, pregnancy, and therefore I am the lone child, surviving child of the of my father. Reuven has no children, so no one, he gets a zero. I get everything, and you get zero. Uh, so what's uh, the verdict? So we know that the Avam is for sure the child of Yaakov, so he has a definite claim. Mr. Sefek has only an uncertain claim. And when you have a, a certain versus uncertain, the certain wins, Shimon can say, go prove that you are the child of Reuven and not my son. Uh, I think you're my son. Okay. And uh, so that's the that's a pretty simple case, but now it gets a little bit more complicated. In this case, we are going to go ahead one generation, and Shimon uh, already died, and uh, then Yaakov dies here. So now Reuven and Shimon, the original sons of Yaakov, both are dead, and so now some uh, 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 the grandchildren will inherit. So Moshe and Adon say, yeah, our father, um, let's see the claims, right? Let's see the two sides. Um, so Mr. Sefek says that I am the child of Reuven, uh, the original deceased brother, and therefore I get half of the inheritance, right? I share half. Um, you get you both of you get the other half. The other brother says, "No, you are our brother, right? Welcome, long lost brother, and uh, therefore you only get one part, meaning you only get a third instead of a half." So what do we do in this case? What's the verdict? Well, let's see what they agree on. Uh, everyone agrees that these uh, Shimon's sons get half. Right, because that's a Safek's claim is I get half, you get half. So give them that half. And they agree that Safek, Mr. Safek, gets at least a third, right? Because if they are brothers, then they would get a third. So give him a third, right? So give everyone what they have, what they, they for sure deserve. Tilta, le shakal. And then what's left over? Pashlehu danka. We have one sixth left over. So take that six and split it um, uh, a twelfth this way and a twelfth that way. And you end up with. Uh, um, five twelfths going to Mr. Safek and seven twelfths going to the children of Shimon. Okay, sounds like a fair deal. And last uh, two cases that are really the same. If we have the grandfather and the Yavam, uh, when the Safek dies, or the Avam dies, and now the Safek, uh, Saba and Safek want to inherit. Uh, in other words, it looks like this. 
um, here, right, Mr. Sefek died, and he has no children, uh, assuming he, he never had children or anything. So now, uh, on the one hand, Shimon claims, I am I'm the father. I'm the father. So it goes, goes directly to me. Uh, whereas the grandfather says, no, Ruven was the father, and since he dies, now I, now I, it all goes to me. Uh, so this is the, neither of them have a definite claim, so that would be an equal claim, and they split it. Or similarly, if Reuven and Shimon die, um, and then now Shimon's, well, what happens with two Shimon's property? So Sefek says, I am the son of Shimon, right? And it goes, uh, it goes, it goes to the son, so I get everything. Yeah, uh, the father, grandfather says, no, you are the child of Reuven, and Shimon has uh, no other children, so I get everything. And again, here, each has a 50-50 claim with no vadai, and so the verdict in both those cases would be that they split it evenly. The next Mishnah continues with the theme of inheritance and who deserves the property. And it talks about a case of Shomeret Yavam Shenaflula Nechasim. A regular case of Ibum, where um, a, a woman was married, her husband dies without children, and now she's waiting for the Yavam to come and do Yibum or Chalitza. During this period, she's kind of that in between. Is she like married to the Yavam, yavam or not? And, and while she's waiting, she receives some property, uh, maybe from an inheritance or in some other way. Now, normally, if, it were, if someone was fully married and the wife receives property, then the husband has control over it while they're married. Uh, then when they get divorced uh, or he dies, she then uh, will retake uh, um, control of that property. Um, but here, uh, that's the question. Uh, do we consider, since she uh, there is a Zika here and she's um, kind of like married, almost uh, awaiting, so it's considered like the Yavam is her husband and he has control, or do we say, no, there's no marriage yet, and so she, the husband does not have control. She can do whatever she wants with this property. That's the question. Well, in that case, it's easy. Everyone agrees in that case that it's hers. She can buy, sell it, um, or give it away. And whatever she does, she can do it. And that is valid. Uh, so therefore, we consider this uh, the Zika relationship not to be uh, like a marriage, um, in this case, while she is alive. Now, second case, Meta. What if while she's awaiting Yibum, she dies? Then what should we do? Number one, two questions with the Ketuvah. Uh, the Ketuvah would have to be paid by her original husband's estate, which then goes to the Yavam. And so who will keep that money? She doesn't get it because she's dead. Uh, but does her, the, the husband keep it? Uh, the husband or her family keeps it, her father uh, or her side. That's number one question. And property, property that she brought into the marriage, that is hers, that she should take back out when the marriage is done. Who will get that? Is this man, the Yavam, considered like the husband? And if they were married, then the husband inherits a wife. Or do you say, no, they were not actually married, and therefore that property goes back to her family? That's the question. And here, there is a machloket. Bet Shammai says, well, it's a safik. 
I don't know who's, who's it belongs to, what, it, what the status is. It's an uncertainty and therefore they will split. Yorsheh Habaal, that means the Yavam, if he's alive or if, he, or if he's dead, then his, his heirs um, will split it with Yorsheh Ha'av. This refers to the father of the woman, him if he's alive or the heirs um, uh, of him, right? Assuming that she herself did not have um, other children previously. And so it's, we split it 50-50. That's Bet Shammai. Bet Hillel says, leave everything where it is, right? We have uh, the, the principle. Uh, since it's a safik, let's see who uh, by default has ownership of these things. The kituvah is paid by the estate of the deceased brother that goes to the Avam. And therefore, the Avam right now has that money. And now that she died, they should keep that money. Whereas the property, um, when the, the, the original husband dies, so now this is her property, right? It belongs to her. She can do what she wants with it. That was the Resha while she's alive. Uh, she can buy, sell it or whatever or, or, or give it away. And so since it's in her possession, so then when she dies, it remains in her possession and now goes to her family. Uh, so everything remains where it was before. That's the opinion of Betty Leo. One last case. Nekinasa. Um, uh, if the Avam actually did biyah, did yibum, and brought her in and took her as took her as a wife, now she is fully like a wife for all matters. Except that the payment of the original ketubah from the deceased brother that is will be paid for from the property of the original husband. This last point in the Mishnah will be discussed further in the Gemara uh, later on. But uh, right now we're going to focus on a different detail. We're going to ask one question and bring four answers to it. Uh, two today and two tomorrow. Uh, the question is regarding Bet Shammai's opinion and these first two cases that seem inconsistent. Bet Hillel is consistent. He says that while she is alive and uh, she's the Shomeret Yavam, if she gets property, she has full control over it. It's hers. Good. And then if she should she die, well then it goes to her family. That's consistent, right? It was hers. She had control over it. She dies, it goes to her family. That's all Bet Hillel. That's fine. But Bet Shammai is the question. Because Bet Shammai on the one hand says, well, she is alive. Yes, she has full control over it. It's hers. Um, yet Bet Shammai says when, uh, when she dies, then she only gets half of it. It's only Safek hers. So what's the reason uh, uh, that for the inconsistency between the Resha and the Sefa? The Gemara asks as follows, What's the difference in the Resha where Bet Shammai does not argue with Bet Hillel? Uh, he says, yeah, it's all the women's. And then the Sefa, he argues with Bet Hillel and says, ah, Sefek, I don't know. So uh, first answer, Amar Ola. Ula is introducing an okimta into it. And the difference between the Resha and the Sefa is not only that in the Resha she's alive and the Sefa she's dead, but also in the Resha she was only Arusa to the original husband who deceased, Reuven. Uh, she only did Kiddushin with him and never Nisuin, therefore Kiddushin. Um, is a lower category. Uh, Sefa is where she actually was fully married to the deceased. 
Uh, so what's the difference? Kasabar Ula Zikat Arusa Osa Safek Arusa. Okay, this is very cool. According to him, if she was only uh, in, uh, betrothed, engaged to the original husband, then when he dies, she, her zika to the Yavam is only at the level of an Arusa. And uh, for regarding an Arusa, the husband does not have control of the property of his wife, does not have full control, and therefore this zika is a lower, lower level zika. And that's why in the Resha, while in the Resha she's alive, happens to be alive, um, uh, but that z- the main point is that zika is only a an arusa level zika, and that's why the husband is not yet a not yet a full husband, so she retains control. In the sefa, that's talking about a case where she was fully married to the original husband who died, and in that case, zikat nisua osa sefek nisua. When Reuven dies, now her zika to Shimon the Yavam uh, takes the value of. Um, like a nesua, except that it's a safek nesua. Right here also, it's not a full adusa because it's only a zika. So therefore, it's called a safek adusa. Once she was married, once she was adusa to the original husband, the zika is a safek adusa, lower level. And when she was fully married to the original husband, then she her zika with the yavam is safek nesua. Okay, uh, we're going to explain now. So this explains the contradiction between the case now, case one, and case two. Now we're going to explain why he has to emphasize that it's a safek only. Zikat arusa osa safek arusa. This arusa modim betilel shemocheret venotenet vekayam. It has to be that uh, when the uh, a zika, when she was only an arusa to the original husband, is considered safek. Because if it was a for sure arusa, then look at the resha, right? That's the case of the resha's arusa, uh, where it says, Betilel, uh, they uh, agree that she can sell and give and everything is okay. Right? Everyone agrees that it's totally hers. But hold on, that would not be consistent with another Mishnah in Kitubot. Where it says, A regular, not, not a Yibum case over there in Kitubot. Just a regular case. A woman does Kiddushin uh, with a man. man does Kiddushin with a woman. And while she is uh, before the before the erusin, before the Nisuin, she gets some she gets some property. Bet Shammai Omerim Timkor. So Bet Shammai says, yeah, she can sell it if she wants. It's hers. Bet Hillel Omerim Loti Bikor. But Bet Hillel says, no, she cannot. Uh, she cannot do a lechat but they, they agree. But the avad, if she go ahead, she went ahead and sell it, then uh, the it is it is valid. Uh, According to Bet Hillel, as recorded in Mishnah in Ketuva, when someone is a full arusa, Bet Hillel says that she cannot lechat she cannot uh, uh, sell it. Right, uh, it's gonna it's gonna be going to the husband soon, so she doesn't have full rights to it. So therefore, in our Mishnah, it says that when she is an arusa, Bet Hillel agrees that she does have full rights. How do you have full rights? I thought even if it's an arusa, she does not have full rights to it. It must be that zikat uh, arusa is only safek. Uh, because it's only suffix, so then she gets the full rights to it. And so this is Ula's uh, 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 opinion that uh, through across, across the board for Bet Hillel, for Bet Shammai, everyone, everyone says that Zikat Arusa is Safek Arusa. He has to say 
that he can't that it can't be a fullness uh, arusa because a full arusa then that would then betilel here would be inconsistent with betilel in our mishnah. Okay, and now he's going we're going to explain why does Ula think that zikat nesua says safek nesua that also has to be only a safek in or again in order to be consistent. If you would say that it's a um, a zika from a marriage that was a full marriage, and now the zika is considered like a full nesua, then well, let's see. Now, Bet Shammai says in our Mishnah that they, they split, right? It's considered, this is the second clause, uh, which Ula made on Kim Ta was talking about Nisua. And uh, when she dies, so they they split it, uh, his his uh, family and her family. Hold on, Vehatenan. That same Mishnah back in Ketuvot talks about another case where uh, a woman is married and she receives some property while she's married. In that case, both Betilel and Bet Shammai agree, Bet Shammai is the key here, that if she went ahead and sold that property, and while the, during the marriage that she received during the marriage, then the husband can say no, no good, right? She did not have a right to sell it because because if they're fully married, then the husband has full rights over the property to decide what to do with it, and that would contradict what he says here because here, if when she, when she has a zika of nisuin, a zikat nisua with the avam, but Shammai says that they split it, not that he gets he gets the whole thing. So. And therefore, we can conclude that um, uh, in, uh, according to, this is why Ula has to say that um, each one is, is graded. So, right, so to summarize Ula's opinion, uh, whatever the original uh, relationship was with the deceased, that so to her zika with the Yavam will be also graded, but one level down, Safek Adusa or Safek Nesua. And so now that we understand his opinion, that we conclude that. And this is how Ula uh, interpreted our Mishnah, the contradiction between Clause 1 and Clause 2 was, they're talking about two cases, Clause 1 is Adusa, and that's why uh, it's only a, like a Safek Arusa, and that's why she has full control, Quinta Bet Shemai, and the, the clause two is uh, she is a Safek Nisua, and that's why she uh, splits it, uh, splits everything with the husband's family. Okay, good. So that's Ula. Now, Amale Rabba is going to challenge it. Hold on. If 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 if, if the uh, difference is according to you between Arusa and Nisua, so then that's the main difference. And the Mishnah would not have to say that the Resha is when she's alive and the Sefa is when she died. Why do you have to go to such an extreme and say now that she died? Right? Since your main distinction is Arusa and Nisua, why don't you keep both clauses more consistent and say she's alive? in both of them and uh, right um, uh, so instead of uh, dealing with um, di- di- disagreeing with uh, with the property itself and after she died and that's why the property is in limbo says that she's alive and the dispute is over the produce of the property right because whoever 
um, uh, owns it will be able to receive the produce during that time. But you can have an equal, sim a similar case while she's alive. And therefore, um, Rava proposes a different solution. Rava explains that both clauses of the Mishnah are talking about where she had been married to the the deceased brother, not Arusa Nesua, it's all consistent Nesua. And he agrees in with the principle that Zikat Nesua is only a Safik Nesua. It's not like being the Zikat to the Yavam is not full uh, marriage, but only a un, an uncertain marriage, only a doubt. And therefore, we can explain both clauses according to Bet Shemai. In the Resha where she is alive, uh, in that case, she uh, is a Vadai, she is alive, and even during a marriage, she actually owns the property, it's just that the husband controls it and can use the fruit of it. So she's alive and she definitely owns the property, and therefore, um, it makes sense that she's closest to it and uh, will retain ownership and rights. Whereas the Yavam, the Yavam and his heirs are only Safik. Maybe this is a marriage, maybe it's not a marriage. And so they, with their uncertain claim, cannot remove it from the certain claim of the wife when she's alive. However, once she dies, then it goes into a state. It's not hers. It goes into her estate, which is a, a new entity kind of like a corporate entity, and therefore uh, both uh, both claimants have are equally uncertain. The Her family says, oh, this should go to us, and uh, uh, the Avam's family said, no, it should go to us, uh, but neither one has a certain claim, and therefore they will split it. And so good, this is a, a, a sim seems like a simpler way to explain the Mishnah. All right. However, Abaye, who's coming next, is going to challenge Rabbah. Well, Bet Shammai, en safek mosi mideh vadai. Hold on, is that true? Is that a general principle that, according to Bet Shammai, where a, um, a vadai trumps over a safek, and safek will not split with a vadai? Uh, we have another case altogether in Baba Batra, where we see that's not so, according to Bet Shammai. Vehatinan. Nafal habayit alav ve'al aviv. A house falls on a father and son. And it's not clear who died first in that fall. Alav al modishav, or equivalently, equivalently upon a person and the pers and those and someone who he inherits. But if it's not his father, it doesn't matter whoever it is. alav kitubat isha And this son had owed money. He owed money for a kitubat to his wife. He owed money uh, to debtors. He has no money on his own, so they cannot collect from him. Uh, but now that they both died, the order does matter. So those the who would inherit the father besides the son, other people, other sons, whoever else uh, that he um, decided to give his money to, uh, his inheritance to, they say, They say, uh, we want to claim that the son died first. So he's out of the picture, and therefore... The father's uh, money, none of it went to that son. All of it goes to us, the other uh, heirs. Whereas the debtors who are want to collect from the son, they want to claim that the father died first, and therefore the son at that moment inherited 
the property from his father. And now, since uh, he, he owes us, now that he, even though the son died, his, his inheritance, we should be able to collect from. Okay, so now we know no one knows who died first. So whose claim? What's going to be the verdict? Bet Shammai Omerim Yachloku, Betilil Omerim Nechasim Bechezkatan. Bet Shammai says they split evenly. We'll discuss that in a second. And Betilil says that you leave the um, the property where it is. Well, where is it? We the last last that we knew it belonged to the father. Therefore, let it go directly to the father's heirs, and we cannot assume that it went to the son and then went to the debtors. Right? That would be two steps. Meaning at that time uh, when the father and son both die the debtors for sure did not have it in their hands yet and so therefore the debtors claim is uh, of a lower status uh, they don't have access to it at all the father's heirs have a more um, a definite uh, status quo right to it that's uh, bet Hillel. okay so bet shamai says they should split it now why the inheritor, the heirs of the father are have a definite right to it, right? They are the you know immediate, uh, immediate heirs. Obal Hov Safek, whereas the debtors, the, the claimants, that is uncertain. Uh, they don't have, they didn't have claim to it. They didn't have uh, access to it immediately. That's to go through the son first, and who knows? We don't have, know if the son was alive at the time or not. And yet, nevertheless, Bet Shammai, look at this, says, they split it. Who splits it? The father's heirs and the and the, and those uh, to the people that came to collect their money, um, who were not are not heirs and for are a sefek. Yet a sefek can take the money from a vadai, at least split it. All right, and he treats sefek and vadai the same and splits it. So here we see that Bet Shammai does not. Uh, agreed to the principle that en sefek mosi midevadai he does uh, mosi. Uh, so the answer is kasebre bet shamai shtar halmed legabot kegabui dame. He must uh, hold the opinion that when you have a bill of debt, it's uh, that's waiting to be uh, paid. It's considered as if it's already collected. That these uh, these these people who to whom money is owed, um, as soon as the son receives any property, they immediately have a lien on that property. Right, that property is already like collected, like it's theirs, and therefore they actually are have equal access to the father's uh, uh, property. When the prop, when the father dies, uh, we're not sure what the order is. If the father died first and then the son, well, then yeah, we go to the um, uh, then then and then if the father died first, it would go. Then the property would go to the son, and immediately that property would be collectible, already collected um, by the people that are owed money. Uh, whereas if the son died first, it would go straight to the father's heirs. But those are equal claims and therefore it's not masafek and vadai but it's safek and safek and that's why bet shamai says here um uh, says in that case yachloku uh but in other cases he would say um uh, he would say that and safek mosi mi de vadai
Okay, now uh, one more point here regarding Bet Shammai. Um, how can we prove that he has this opinion that that if you have a contract that's uh, lean on, uh, you're owed something, it's like it's already collected. We can prove it from the following case regarding a sota. Uh, a woman who uh, the man suspected of her um, and uh, and uh, 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 warned her, and then she goes ahead and she secludes anyway with another with that man, and so now she has to come and drink the sota water. But in the meantime, that husband dies. So what happens? Does she can she can she can she collect the kituva? If she was unfaithful, she does not deserve the kituva. If she was faithful. Then she does deserve the kituva, but we're not sure. She didn't drink the the sota water to verify it, and she can't go and drink it now. Uh, so what will be the status? So her his heirs uh, say, well, this, you know, money belongs to us, and let her prove that she was faithful. She says, no, I was faithful. I deserve the kituva. Here I have a shtad. That's why it's relevant to a shtad. So let's see. Bet Shemai Omarim not lot kitubatan ve'enan shotot. Bet Shemai says. Give her the money. She gets the kituva. She doesn't have to. Does not have to drink a sota. If he were alive, he have to go to do the sota. Now that she's dead, sota is gone, and she's back to normal. She receives her kituva. Betilel says she has a choice. She can either drink it now prove her innocence and and receive the kituva, or forego the kituva. First, a clarification on Betilel. Um, she can drink now? No, the Pasuk says he, the husband, has to bring her to come drink and he's not around anymore. He can't do sota after he's, die, after he's dead. What we meant is, since she can no longer drink, therefore she does not get the kituva. Okay, so that's Betilel. But here's the proof, uh, here's the proof for Bet Shammai. Now we hear we have a 50-50 uh, question. I don't know if she was faithful or not. Does she deserve the kituba or not? And yet, and now you're telling me not only does it split 50-50, she gets the entire kituba um, from the from the heirs, and the heirs have 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 possession of the inheritance, and so they're the vadai, and she's going to take it all. That doesn't make any sense. Um, Rather, it only makes sense if we say that a bill of debt, and the kituva is a bill of debt, is as if, as if it is already collected, and therefore she actually has possession of that money, um, even though she wasn't, it wasn't paid yet, it's as if she has possession of it, and therefore she is, in fact, like the Vadai, and she doesn't have to prove her innocence, she can be paid the money of the Ketubah. We're going to uh, end the, uh, this discussion uh, with, uh, of the opinion of Rabbah with just two more queries regarding Abayeh, the questioner. He, was, he kept questioning Rabbah, and why didn't he ask um, from a better source? So what we have so far is that, uh, according to Rabbah, he can explain the contradiction in the Mishnah of Bet Shammai, that he would say that the Resha is talking about a case where she is alive and therefore she has a vadai and and safek mosi mide vadai the avam has only safek and she's alive so she has uh, control of it and that explains the resha but that assumes that bet shamai agrees with the rule of and safek mosi mide vadai and now we question that from the case of ababatra and we answered it
Okay, good. And uh, because that Baba Batra is because uh, Bet Shemai thinks a shtad is like already collected. How do you know he thinks that? We bought a proof from Sota. But now we're going to ask, hold on. Why did you um, follow that line of uh, uh, questioning in the first place? Why didn't you say, uh, How come Abaye did not question from Sota itself? In other words, when you started your line of questioning from Abba you were assuming that you didn't know it, that Bet Shemai says that the Shtad is like it's already collected. And therefore, the case of Sota is a case of Sefek, uh, Safek collecting from Evadai. She, the woman, this Osota, is Safek. Uh, perhaps she uh, she was uh, faithful, she, perhaps she was not. And she is receiving the Ketubah from uh, from the uh, uh, from the other estate. Even though she cannot she, she's a Safek and the estate is the is the for sure. And yet she collects it. Um, so that's the question. How come we don't ask from Sota? Um, and the answer is, Now, if we ask from the case of Sota, you might have answered, now, the reason why the rabbis let her get not only half of the, of the Ketubah, which would be the case in Safek and Safek, we let her get the whole thing, even though she's Safek, taking from Vadai, we would have said, maybe that's just to increase her desirability. We want to help out the woman, right? The woman's uh, uh, empowerment here, uh, so that she'll collect the Ketubah, and then she'll have that money, she'll be more desirable to be able to be to get remarried that would be the reason why we uh, we gave her the ketubah in that case but we wouldn't be able to prove from there that that's uh, effect uh, um, so it wouldn't be a good question and that's why we didn't ask from that case all right fine but last point why didn't you ask uh, why don't you ask a question to Rabbah from our very Mishnah, from the Sefa. Uh, the Sefa, there's the case where the Yevama died, and uh, there the um, Rabbanga, uh, uh, Bet Shammai says they split it. But why split it? It's even split the Ketuvah. Why split the Ketuvah? The, 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 uh, Yavam's, the Yavam's family, right, the husband's family, uh, received it, um, uh, as uh, as heirs to Uven, uh, and therefore they are the Vadai. Her Yorshim are Safek. They have to go and prove that uh, this Zika was nothing, and so they are the Safek. And yet Bet Shammai says that her heir, her family, gets half the Ketubah, even though the husband's family is the Vadai. And so we answer La Peligi. In fact, you thought all along that according to Bet Shemai, this is, sounds like the Peshat of the Mishnah, Bet Shemai says split the Ketuvah and the property. But not true. Bet Shemai actually does not disagree with Bet Hilel regarding the Ketuvah. The Ketuvah stays with the husband's family. Does not, they don't have to split that part. Now we ask, Velo Vehakatane. Hold on, that doesn't fit with the words. Read the Mishnah. Meta. The Mishnah said, if she died, second case, uh, what should we do with the Ketuvah and with the property that she brings into the, into the marriage and can take out of the marriage? Bet Shemai says, regarding both of these cases, that they should split it. Uh, Betila says you leave it where it is de facto. So you see, Bet Shemai says you split both, including the Ketuvah. 
So we know we said no. We can repunctuate the Mishnah as follows: Ushvaka. What should we do if she died? What should we do with the Ketuva? The Tana did not uh, answer that question. Question mark. Leave that aside. Second question: What about the property? Oh, the property that Bet Shemai said Bet There he said that the um, the heirs of the husband should split it with the heirs of the the wife and her, her father. Um, says leave it, leave it where it is. But Bet Shammai actually only opined about the property. He did not say anything about the Kituvah. And so regarding the Kituvah, he actually agrees with Bet Hilel. So that's why we didn't, we didn't ask from the Mishnah. In fact, the Mishnah would not be a good question. But uh, Bet Shammai does not. Uh, think that she gets the she she gets the kituva uh, out of a uh, out of a safek. Ah, Marav Asher Matnitena Nami Daika. Marav Asher says this, we're not only forcing this into the Mishnah. Uh, a precise reading of the Mishnah would say t- says say so. The Katane Yachloku Yorshe Habal Im Yorshe Haav. It says that the uh, the heirs of the husband can uh, split. Split it along with the heirs of the uh, of the uh, of the father, meaning the, the the wife's family. It does not say the other way around that the wife's family will inherit along with the uh, along with the husband. In the first formulation, when it says Yorsheha Av, so that applies to the property which uh, is in the in the hands of the wife and therefore in the hands of her heirs. And so there it says, "Oh, the husband's family can inherit along, can split along with them," and so that that makes sense for regarding property. And it does not say that the uh, heirs of the of of her heirs will. Will also take uh, that that of the Baal of the husband, and that would, if it said that, that would uh, that would apply to the ketuvah, which belongs to the husband, and then you would say, oh, then yeah, the her family also takes of that. It doesn't say that, and so there, therefore, from <clears throat> from that order, it's clear that it's talking about the property and not the ketuvah. Shema mina, and now we answered, we explained all the reasons why Abaye asked from the case of Ababatra regarding inheritance. And that concludes the second explanation of the Mishnah. And uh, on the next half, we'll see two more explanations for the contradiction, uh, uh, to resolve the contradiction between the Resha and Sefa uh, for Bet Shammai. Baruch Adonai Amen Amen.